The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, happy Saturday, and welcome into the Arrowhead Pride Best of the Week podcast. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Stephen Serta. The Kansas City Chiefs have already wrapped up their week two with a huge Thursday night win over the Los Angeles Chargers, but we got to keep you caught up here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. So we'll start today's show off with the Arrowhead Pride editors. They had some marinated takeaways from their week one win. After that, we'll catch up with Out of Structure. They've got a little bit of rambling to do, as well as the Chiefs market movers you should pay attention to. After that, we've got the Great British Chiefs show. They have our Chiefs and Chargers preview. And after them, we will take a quick timeout. When we get back, we'll sit down with Chiefs Coast to Coast. They caught up with NFL analyst Trey Wingo, who crashed coast-to-coast on Wednesday night. After that, we'll finish things up with Show and BK. Myself, run the show Hughley and Brandon Kiley, had the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show this week after the Chiefs' big win over the Chargers. That's all coming up on today's Arrowhead Pride Best of the Week. Back here on the Arrowhead Pride Editor's Show, Pete Sweeney, John Dixon, just got the Chiefs injury report. We're watching the status right now. These are the two to watch. Trent McDuffie, cornerback, injured his hamstring. I think it might be serious. He was listed as a did not practice. Harrison Butker, his left ankle, we know is bothering him. He was listed as a did not practice. We'll keep you updated at arrowheadpride.com. But first, we are going to dial it back to Sunday afternoon, a 44-21 Chiefs thrashing of the Arizona Cardinals. John, let's go back and forth. We're going to name three marinated takeaways each, and then we are going to get out of here. So let's start with you. What was your first marinated takeaway of this game? I can't get over Harrison Bucker in this game. I mean, you know, you always talk about a place kicker, the plant foot being very important. He rolls his plant foot on a kickoff and Misses a couple of extra points and kickoffs. Uh, gives way to Justin Reed for those. Comes back on the field to try a 54-yard field goal with a short walk-up. Now, here's another thing we always hear from these specialists, the long snapper, the holder, and the place kicker, is that everything is split second. They've practiced it 5 million times. Everything has to be exactly the way they expect. Their timing is off. Things go completely south. And here, Butker, 
in this situation where he can't really put a lot of stress on his plant foot, takes one step to get up and kick the ball and nails, I mean nails, a 54-yard field goal. An incredibly tough, gritty performance and a fantastic ad lib by all three of these guys. The place kicker, the holder, and the long snapper who have to ad lib in an unusual situation and it paid off. I'm still blown away by the whole thing. Yeah, Justin Reed made a point to mention that in his post-game press conference, just how impressive it was for Butker Mm -hmm. to have two steps and hit a 54-yard field goal, right? Even in a perfect routine, there are some kickers around the league where the 54-yarder is questionable. And you saw that yesterday. There were a Mm -hmm. number of missed kicks across the league. Houston and Indianapolis ended up being a tie. You had a number of missed kicks in Cincinnati, which makes Chiefs fans smile a little bit with the Pittsburgh (laughs) Steelers eventually winning the game on the Boswell kick. And so when you have your perfect health and your perfect routine, it's hard to make some of these long kicks. So I agree with you. I think Butker was really impressive. And I know that we looked at this Justin Reed thing as, as sort of a joke and a comical sideshow sure. mm-hmm. in the preseason, but damn it, how useful is, and okay, the, the field goals are going to be erratic, but how useful is it to have someone who can kick the ball and at least get a touchback? Right. Sometimes you're in these right. situations where you end up giving good returners a better chance of of bringing the ball back, but not the case with Justin Reed just simply being able to to boom it. Okay, my first marinated takeaway, and you know this this is a message for Chiefs fans, not 2022 Chiefs fan here on September 12th. This is for 2023, you week one of the NFL season. <laughs> I don't care what the spread is, bet the Chiefs. Bet the Chiefs and put all your life savings on it because they don't lose in the first week and Patrick Mahomes cannot be beaten in the first week. This was his fifth consecutive season opener with three or more touchdowns. Andy Reid has found a way to win eight season openers in a row. You know, you talk about this bye week and the bye week each and every year. It's a story we do, John. We do it every year. And you mm-hmm. after the bye week, what's the record right. this year? It's, it's usually improving each and every year. There, there have been a few hiccups, whatever, like that. Right. And why are we doing that? You know, what is the prevailing thought about that? I have a fly in here. What's the prevailing thought about uh, <laughs> What's the prevailing thought about that? It's that Andy Reid has extra time to prepare, and when Andy Reid has extra time to prepare, he's going to beat he's going to beat the heck out of you, right? Andy Reid has six months to prepare at the beginning of every season. And he has six months to think about Patrick Mahomes. And he has, and he has no, he has all these creative ideas. And this year in particular, he had all these new weapons. So Mm -hmm. I think there was even an added level of mystery to what the Kansas city chiefs were going to look like. And then you saw, and, and it's not just Pat and it's not just Andy. It's this duo of having all that time to prepare. I'm telling you it's unbeatable. If Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes had six months to prepare for every game of the NFL season, they would not lose. <laughs> they would be undefeated. That is my marinated takeaway, or my first marinated takeaway of the, the regular season, John. Pretty good. I think you're right. I think if he had six months to prepare, prepare for any game, nobody would ever beat Andy Reid. I agree. I think that's I think that's spot on right there. It would be, it would, it would, the problem here is this would take nine years to figure out. <laughs> that is how long it would take. 
And as long as the games were at noon, we'd be okay with it, right? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Every yeah, meet up. Hey, John, good to see you. How's the family? They know it's been five yeah. months. <laughs> All right, let's get ready. Okay, let's go to your next marinated takeaway. Uh, I want to speak in praise of Travis Kelsey. You know, um, one of the things that's been going around uh, during this offseason where all the talk has been is what are the Chiefs going to be like without Tyreek Hill and what are they going to do to replace Tyreek Hill? And, and you know, there was a considerable body of opinion that this would be a bad thing for Travis Kelsey because defenses would be able to focus on just him mm-hmm. when before they had to focus on both Tyreek Hill and him. And what does he do in the first game without Tyreek Hill? Eight catches, 121 yards at age 32. Yeah. Bet all your money on Travis Kelsey, too. Because uh, you know, if you haven't already bet it on Pete's thing, if you haven't already run over to the new Kansas you know, right. online betting to place that bet on the season opener next year, save some of that money back and put it on Travis Kelsey the rest of the season. The if guy you, is amazing. Just amazing. <laughs> if you're an, an addicted listener to the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network and you listen to each and every show, you would have heard the single game parlay that I have to do every week. And our friends are at DraftKings. You can do single egg parlay or single game parlays. Same game parlays? Single, no, I don't same, know. You're talking about same, something I don't know anything about. Steve yelled at me, Steve yelled at me the other day, and was, I think it was same game. It's, it's the same game parlay. The Arrowhead Pride same game parlay. Anyway, regardless of whatever the hell it's called, I won. I named five things and it hit this week. So if you ended up betting it, I I don't know if if any of you ended up betting the same game parlay that hit this week, take a screenshot of it and tweet it to me. I'm I'm just curious if anyone won any money. It was plus 650. So if you would have put 100 bucks on it, you would have won $650. We are making you real money here at Our Head Pride. Now, don't, don't, don't hold me to this when I get the Thursday night one. Just completely wrong. I don't want you know. I don't want the tweets about the wrong <laughs> parlay. But if you hit last week and you made some money, screenshot, send me a tweet. Okay, I agree with the point about Travis Kelsey. I got sidetracked by the betting thing, but Travis Kelsey seems like one of these players who uh, was ageless. And I think Kansas City, in general, has been really fortunate, John, at the tight end position. But I think you know, as you think back to Tony G, and I, I know about the Atlanta Falcons ending. Yeah. He should just, he yeah. should shut up at the Super Bowl. Yeah, right. But yeah. what was really fortunate about the career trajectory of Tony G is he was not only good, but he was good into his mid to late thirties. Like he was mm-hmm. effective. Yeah. And Travis is 32, 33. So it's a position that sometimes, even if you as you get older, you can still be impactful. And I, I think the Chiefs should recognize that. And and this is paid off for the chiefs and their consistency of winning but but general manager brett veach has shown a tendency in, in recent years to to say goodbye to the old heads and to lean into the youth movement but i mm-hmm. think this might be one of these exceptions and to kelsey's credit i think he realizes what the game is and i think he really wants to play his entire career with patrick mahomes and he seems a little bit willing to bend in that sense so Maybe there's a scenario where the Chiefs can continue to pay and they can continue to agree to uh, you know a fair price, which isn't it's probably going to be under market value to what Travis Kelsey can right. get with, mm-hmm. with a team who desperately needs a tight end. But at the same time, just continue to keep him happy enough and the Chiefs are happy enough where he can remain in Kansas City. Because I agree with you. I mean, how many years do we go in and we're like, 
well, this might be the year that Travis starts to taper right. off. And, and right. very clearly, yeah. I know we're only through the one week, but very clearly it doesn't look like like that is is happening. And so I don't know. I I'm I'm optimistic that he can continue this for a couple more years at least, right? Right. right. Well, I, th- I think that's fair. All right. My my second uh, takeaway. Juan Thornhill is going to be an all pro. I can just mm. see it. I I I said he was my player to watch on the AFC West mixtape that we did. We're going to be doing those once a month on all of the channels in the AFC West. And we all named our players to watch. And I was really impressed with it with Juan Thornhill in what was the the preseason and I liked his swagger to go to the podium and say that he was going to be an all pro. And then I liked his swagger to go back to the podium. I think it was like a week or two later and say, yeah, I don't take anything back. I'm going to be an all pro. And I, I think you saw in that near interception on Sunday, he mm-hmm. came out of nowhere. This is a player that's going to have multiple intercepts. I know he didn't pick it off. And then even in that play too, and I'll, I'll admit this, he probably was going to be out of bounds to be fair. But I just think it was a sign of that. Like we sort of forgot about what that 2019 end of season yes. rookie version yeah. of Juan Thornhill mm-hmm. looked like. Yes, he he can be a really really good player. He had another pass breakup in this game, and I think I think he's going to do it. I I mean I know I'm calling my shot a little early here, but <laughs> I, at least in in the because the thing is, you know, he said during training camp that he had no more pain anymore. And it, you know, something went off in my brain that was like, you know, this is something we should note. And he admitted he had, he still had pain last year and you could just see he's playing loose. And I don't know. I, I tend to think he's going to really break out into the elite. And what'll be really interesting about that is the chiefs are going to have something to figure out there because the contract is up. So, you know, what are, what would, what will they do there if he does, follow through that'll be a really interesting point to watch um if that were to play out but we don't have to worry about that right now we have 16 games at least to go probably more let's be honest and uh in that in that i think you're seeing juan thornhill and i, I think you're seeing that that rookie version of him re-emerge so that's my second uh mt as they say are you are you absolutely certain that you aren't being influenced by the fact that we had two press conference quotes that turned out to be true in this game. And now you're thinking maybe a third one might come true that is supposed to being, I am. Are you sure that if I wrote an article about me winning the lottery, then I would go and get the right numbers (laughs) at this point. Um, Yes. The answer is yes. All right, John, uh, let's hear your third and final marinated takeaway. I really loved uh, George Karloftis in this game. Uh, I, I mean, I know I think we expected a lot more from him than we got, but I think what we saw uh, was quite good for a guy making his NFL debut. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think we were all after the preseason thinking, oh, this guy's going to get a sack every game. And that was reasonable based on what we saw in the preseason. But of course, the preseason and the regular season are two different things. We're probably not going to see that kind of production, but I would just, after having made that point that I think George Karloftis is, is going to be a good player in this league. I would also like to say that one of the scenarios where Frank Clark could have a good season this year is that he remains healthy and coaches this kid. Now I get it. If people have been unhappy with the money that Frank Clark has been paid and the production he's given as a result of it. 
but he and Karloftis have developed a relationship. Now, we've heard the two of them talk about this, but we saw it on the field on Sunday after Karloftis batted that pass down and he and Clark and Frank Clark embraced. It was clear that these are two guys that are working together all the time. And I think that one of the possible and excellent outcomes we could see from Frank Clark this year is that he coaches this kid into a great player who stays with the team for many years. Well, Ron, how are you feeling after one week of legal gambling in the state of Kansas uh, and all of the prop bets that you threw out for us last week? Let's get to rambling, Ron, and see how you felt about last week's bets and, and what you have for this week. Well, uh, I, I I will say I, I let you I let the people down on on you know we just talked about that game. I definitely thought the Broncos were going to whoop up on Seattle. So uh, you know, apologies to the people for that one. And and the other revenge game of the weekend was the Panthers uh, taking on the Browns. Baker couldn't get it done for us. So done with the revenge storylines. We can't do the revenge storylines anymore. <laughs> we we got to stick to what we know, and that's just the the, the straight ahead. You know, the, the the good games. You know, the, the teams we know, the teams we like. You know, and, and I never bet on the Chiefs, so I'm not going to give you, you know, a Chiefs uh, bet maybe. Um, I will say the favorite by three and a half points, uh, you know, I, that, that's pretty tough. I wish it was under that three, although it makes sense. You know, we're not going to be favored less than three points at home. But, um, you know, that's going to be a tough game, and, and, and I maybe wouldn't uh, guarantee that the Chiefs are going to win by more than a field goal. Um, but, you know, you look at the slate, you know, a, a team like the Saints taking on the Bucks at home. The Saints have Tom Brady's number in recent history. You know, the Bucks didn't necessarily look great against the Cowboys. It was more the Cowboys looked absolutely awful um, and obviously lost Dak Prescott towards the end of the game. Saints are plus three at home. I, you know, I, I might think about taking that. You know, they're going to keep that game close. I, I would definitely I would definitely think so. Um, you know, you look at the other games, you know, I, I was on the Jags, you know, this week. I wanted the, I thought the Jags were going to come into and take, you know, Washington on and give them a better game than they did. Washington, you know, kind of took it to them a little bit, you know, towards the end. But they're at home against the Colts, uh, and they're plus four, you know, so you get some points with a home team. The Jaguars, last time they saw the Colts, you know, ended their season in week 18 last year. Um, and, you know, I, th- I do think that might play into it a little bit, the Jaguars with some motivation there um, to kind of keep that up. Um, besides that, though, you know, you, you see that the Broncos are, are minus 10 against the Texans. I'm not – I'm staying away from that. No more, no more Broncos bets. Uh, and, and the Raiders are minus six at home against the Cardinals. I might take that. I think the Raiders, honestly, uh, you know, were, were you know, they, the Chargers beat them, but I, you know, I think the Raiders are going to be a pretty good team this year, and I think that was just a really good matchup in Week One. So, just some ideas, just some ideas to throw out for the week, the Week Two slate uh, with with no Chief football on Sunday. We'll have plenty of time to, to kind of see what the rest of the NFL is doing. So, just a few things to to look forward to this weekend, fellas. What was the biggest winner you had from last week? Well, I, I definitely was on the Bills minus two and a half and un, and, and the team total or the total for the game under, I think it was 53 and a half. Uh, I called that. So I'll, I'll take the win on that one. Uh, knew the I had a feeling the Rams offense maybe wouldn't match what the Bills offense was going to be able to do. Um, but I knew the Bills would, would handle them comfortably. So season opening, the, the season opener definitely uh, helped me out, gave me, got me a win to start out the season. You didn't bet the Jody Fortson touchdown. That's That appears. I know. That was that was one that I would have bet if I were uh, uh, if I if I were gambling last week. Uh, that would have been that would have been a good prop bet and, and certainly paid off for those that, that did it. So um, Jody Forsen is going to be an under the radar uh, gambling winner and, and fantasy football sleeper. I, I think for the rest of the season, it's going to be fun to watch. Home market, bear market, you name the market. 
Black market? Which market? Stock market? Market movers. Let's start maybe taking a look uh, forward. I mean, I think we, we talked a little bit about, uh, you know, a couple of those bets in, in the NFL. But when it comes to the Chiefs and Chargers and, and heading into week two, uh, let's talk market movers. Well, this is a, a, a series that I do every week. Uh, it'll be published uh, generally on Wednesdays uh, this year going forward. Uh, so by the time you listen to this, uh, this may be pending or, or posted. But uh, we always look at the Bulls and the Bears, uh, who, who we think are, are on the rise heading into the, the coming week. So not necessarily the same thing as winners and losers uh, looking back at the previous week, but market movers looking forward. So uh, with one exception, I, I am going to list – uh, George Karloftis on my bullish list as somebody who I feel is on the rise going into week two. And I'm eating a little bit of crow, not a lot, but a little bit uh, based on the winners losers list that I have to publish immediately after the games. Uh, Karloftis was one that I didn't notice a lot uh, on the, on the original broadcast, the original watching of the game, but kind of going back and reviewing the work that he put in had a pretty solid debut uh, within the confines of what he was asked to do on the defense, he certainly did his job, and he got a little more pressure uh, than I noticed on the first time around. Uh, this week, he'll go against a much tougher offensive line um, and a quarterback that can get the ball out a lot quicker. Uh, so there's no guarantees that he's going to get home for his first NFL sack against the Chargers. But it sure looks like Karloftis is is at least doing everything that we – we would like to see him do, and he led all defenders in snap count last week, uh, which really says a lot for his ability to get on the field, stay on the field, uh, and continue uh, working throughout an entire game. So he's your starter. Uh, he's your full-time defensive end. They'll rotate everybody else around, but it seems like he is the guy going into the Chargers game. Yeah, I think we we, we maybe talked about that a little bit as the season was, was coming is, you know, even if Karloftis isn't this, you know, dominant player or anything, or this, you know, superstar, you know, first round pick right away, he's still probably going to be the best option in the Chiefs' edge rushing room, and I think you're seeing that come to fruition. And I and I do think he's going to continue to lead the snaps in the DN room, um, just because of, of what he can do both against the run and the pass, his relentlessness, his motor. Um, yeah, I think it's smart to to keep him as that that top snap getter on the DN of the the DN. And guys trending down this week. Um... Keeping an eye on Justin Watson and his availability. He played a lot of snaps in week one, uh, had didn't complete his his lone target uh, in, in that first week, and then left a, late in the game with a chest injury. Keep an eye on Justin Watson this week to see, number one, if he even plays, uh, and, and number two, what's his role on this offense? You know, we, we saw a lot from him in the preseason and a lot of trust between him and Mahomes, especially on some deep passes. Uh, he was not that involved, even though he was on the field a lot uh, in the first week. Uh, makes me wonder what uh, what role he's going to play going forward. Again, assuming he's healthy, as not ruling him out for the season by any means, but just something to keep an eye on and how he's trending in his usage, not just his snap counts going forward. Yeah, well, and if he does have to miss this week two game, uh, it, it only uh, opens up opportunity for Sky Moore, um, you know, and, and and that's the thing, you know, give you give more opportunity to Moore maybe, you know, all of a sudden maybe he proves that he should be, you know, getting those clear wide receiver four snaps rather than maybe splitting them a little bit with Watson, which appeared to be the case in the week one game. So 
I, I think Watson deserves to be, you know, in, in this category because if he does miss him, in, you know, any time, he may, you know, naturally just just start maybe losing those reps to Sky more as more gets more comfortable in the offense. Yeah. So Jerese Fountain was an an oddity this week with the practice squad call up only to be a game day inactive. Right. If Watson misses extended time, then Fountain could, you know, find his role on the active roster for a longer period of time, uh, play some special teams maybe get in there and, and uh, mix it up as a blocker, which he, he can do some of. Um, but Sky Moore likely is more of a beneficiary from a production standpoint, uh, both at, on offense and as a primary uh, punt returner. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I think Moore is the one they want to get the ball in his hands, right? I think Watson might be, uh, you know, someone that Mahomes trusts more maybe right away, someone that's been in the NFL knows kind of how it goes maybe a little more, but you know, as, as the more and more gets comfortable, again, I, I think the, the bigger the chances that he just outright, you know, takes those snaps from, from Justin Watson. And, and Watson, again, is, is kind of relegated just a special teams only role like he was in Tampa Bay. But we'll see, because I, I do think that chemistry in the preseason, you know, it, it wasn't nothing. I, I do think that means something and it, it may play out, you know, uh, down the road. Well, Ron, you had a chance to take a look forward at the Chiefs next opponent. What have you seen from the L.A. Chargers? Right. Yeah. No, short week. So I, I got to the opponent scout pretty quick this week. And so uh, by the time of recording, I'm already I'm already I've done my film research for it. Watch the whole Chargers Raiders game. You know, first of all, uh, you know, both teams. It, it, it was a good game and uh, both teams defenses were battling. Um, you know, it was, it was a it was not an easy game to win. The Chargers pulled it out. But, um, you know, you, you watch the Chargers. And first of all, on offense, you know, I, I really think, again, with, with these rushing quarterbacks, you know, the Chiefs have to be careful with how they rush rush the passer again this week, and it's even it's even different um, with with Herbert. You know, Murray obviously is someone you don't want to get allow him to escape to the outside because of what he can do in the open field. Well, Herbert's a good runner too, man. But the real reason you don't want him to escape to the outside of the pocket is is it gives him that space that 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 you know ability to kind of wind up and crow hop and, and really put his his arm into a throw. Um, and you see that off of their play action passes as well which they leaned on a lot of play action in, in week one. And I think that is one thing, uh, you know, the Chiefs will have to be wary of it, is, is kind of not falling too much of the play action, playing it safe, you know, linebackers, you know, maybe just, you know, it, hey, if it means you're not attacking the run as hard maybe as, uh, as you could, maybe it's, 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 it's better that way because you're not giving up the pass on the back end. Um, you know, you maybe be more cognizant of the pass. And so, yeah, all that to say, though, uh, yeah, Herbert, when he gets when he gets that crow hop going, when he gets that pocket to step up into and really deliver a ball down the field, man, he's got the arm where it really doesn't matter how tight a coverage you have, you know, where you're at, you know, uh, how much you're blanketing a receiver. Um, you know, what his best pass of week one was a perfect example of that. And actually, it was similar to Mahomes' pass uh, to Kelsey, where, you know, it doesn't look like there's any sort of window and he just fits it right over the top of the linebacker chasing Kelsey. Well, it was it was like that, but it was actually like ten or twenty yards further downfield with the same sort of laser trajectory. Um, that's the kind of uh, arm Herbert has, and I, I really think the Chiefs need to to make a plan in the pass rush, make a plan with their defense to to kind of prevent him him from getting those runways to step up into and and, and launch a ball deep. You know, make him beat you. You know, like like the like oppose, opponents do to the Chiefs, make him beat you by you know dicing you up. You know, 10, 10, 10 12 play drives down the field. If that's how you lose, that's how you lose. But let, let, let's see if we can prevent maybe those those big plays from happening down the field to guys like wide receiver Mike Williams. Um, and then I think one way that can happen is, is, is athletic pass rushers like George Karloff, just like Mike Dana, being relentless in the rush. You know, if it's a play action, you know, kind of understanding that he's going to climb to the top of the pocket, redirecting your rush path 
to cut him off and, and make things hard on him, you know, not give him a clean pocket. So on offense, especially that's, that's how they should attack it. That's crazy to think that this team has been kind of elevated to this level where they were nine and eight last year. Yeah. It's the problem with the charges, isn't it? Like yeah. charges, over, over promise under deliver. Um, and you chartering is a big thing with the, the charges and they almost charged on Sunday. Yeah, they they had a comfortable lead against the Raiders. They were they had a fourteen point lead at one point in the fourth mm. quarter. Was it looking and the, comfortable? And the it? Raiders yeah. made a little bit of comeback. The Chargers started to stall offensively, and it actually took a defensive stop um, for for the Chargers to, to to win the game. So I, I think it's I think it's worrying that they probably that they won that game. By the way, because twelve months ago, two years ago, they absolutely lose that game. And one thing you do not want to happen for the Chargers is for their fortunes to turn around. Like you don't, you don't all of a sudden want them to becoming a special teams powerhouse, for example, because you know, you know for for the start that the Chargers special teams will cost them at least one game a season. Mm. Where if you minus that, all of a sudden you're looking at last year, you're looking at ten and seven, they're in the playoffs. Then if they win a couple of games that they would have lost historically. Then all of a sudden you're looking at twelve and five, and then they're in the realms of winning the AFC West. So, like the one thing you do not want to happen as a Chiefs fan watching the Chargers is Justin Herbert's progression into this phenomenal top three, top four quarterback in the league, mm. paired with a turn in fortunes. Because if they are paired, then the Chiefs have a serious problem on their hands and based on what we saw on Sunday with them riding their luck a little bit against the Raiders this game on Thursday night could probably swing anyway the Chargers seem to be one of those teams that's always been spoken about as being the next team that's going to topple the Chiefs Um, and we've heard it again this season Um, and it's all because obviously their quarterback Justin Mm -hmm. Herbert is uh, such a great player and he's one of the main reasons why they are still kind of uh, spoken about in that you know, in that second, and he is that good. He's like, he a great player. You, you, you know, when you watch someone, do you remember when he got drafted? Everyone was like, "Oh, they got the guy that nobody wanted." Like, obviously, Joe Burrow got drafted yeah. first, and the Dolphins took two. Uh, and then it's like, "Oh, the Chargers, you got left with uh, Justin Herbert." Ha ha. Uh, yeah, and like, yeah. you're looking at it now, and you're thinking, "Out the three is absolutely the best one." Like, I like Joe Burrow, but Justin Herbert for me is a level above. And you're watching him play, and you just. You're watching this guy and you're thinking, Tom Brady never had to deal with a Justin Herbert. Peyton Manning never had to deal with a Justin Herbert in division. And like, you're seeing this guy and you're thinking, I do not want this man anywhere near my division. And he inst- him alone instantly makes the Chiefs path to winning another Super Bowl that much harder. Yeah. Because he is that good. On Sunday... He threw some passes which were unreal. He managed to lodge a ball in Gerald Everett's face. Like there was a back shoulder throw. He rolled out to the left, pressure was in his face, and he threw this ball. And the velocity that it came out at, a back shoulder, only to where Gerald Everett could, could catch it, who was covered, by the way, he was. And this ball basically pushed Everett and the defender back five yards into the end zone. It was thrown that hard. And then he's had another f- throw to the, this receiver called Carter that no one had heard of before Sunday. Yeah. He threw another pass to him, which was 
beat cut as cover two beater that was perfectly in between two defenders and he threw it to a position which not uh, not only was Carter the only player that could make a play on the ball but he also managed to protect his receiver as well mm. he made another throw which was like almost the opposite side of the field to the one that Mahomes threw to Kelsey the, the, the Mahomes throw that everyone's talking about from the weekend where he threw it over and put it into an area with three defenders around yeah. Herbert made the same throw but it went to the right and not the left uh, the, Herbert's throw was a little bit flatter Mahomes was more lofted but Herbert's was kind of like a straighter throw a bit more uh, power onto it and probably slight and the accuracy had to be there obviously because it was a flatter throw he had to get it between defenders mm. but you, you're looking at this guy and you're thinking he is probably in terms of arm talent the closest thing in the NFL to Patrick Mahomes at this point and you watch him play and you think he does the things that Mahomes does as well he like his eyes never drop yeah ever his eyes are always down, downfield and it's such an undervalued part of playing the quarterback like the guy that he was playing on Sunday Derek Carr we know is renowned for dropping his eyes immediately oh, yeah. he's, he's drops he's, he's so scared of pressure he's so scared of getting hit Derek Carr that he yeah. just cannot handle pressure where you look at Mahomes you look at Justin Herbert and all they are thinking about are just passing the ball and making plays. And they they are willing to hang in the pocket or move outside it and give themselves a little bit more time to make the plays. That he's just a scary proposition. And I hate the fact that Chiefs have to go against him twice a year. Yeah, he's similar in style, I suppose, with uh, the fact that he's in this game, he actually spread the ball around with his receivers again, didn't he? Yeah. You know, it's another kind of style that... I think I read that no player had more than four receptions on Sunday. That's right. You've got Keenan Allen, four catches for 66. DeAndre Carter, four catches for 64. Gerald Everett, who, yeah, had that lovely, lovely moment with the <laughs> with his face mask. Um, he had three catches, and he's obviously the one that uh, had, a, had a TD as well. So, yeah, he spreads it around, and he makes sure that, um, you know, players that you don't expect, like you said, Carter was one of them who, um, you know, another player who he managed to find. Um just, just a great player, and like I said, it almost mirrors the style of what Mahomes is trying to um, emulate. I suppose now in this season, um, just spreading the ball around a lot more, and just making these defenses just, just try and work out what the where the hell it's going next. Yeah. You need um, to, you need to pressure. You need, you somehow need to get pressure on him, and that's what the Raiders did not do on Sunday. They just could not get anywhere near near him. Like Max, Max Crosby had a couple of plays. Obviously, there was the four for one stop when they tried doing a callback sneak with Herbert. That was a good play by the Raiders defense. Brandon Staley's aggressiveness coming out to bite them on the ass again. Yeah. But in terms of actual pressure, Justin Herbert just had it easy. This offensive line in LA, which traditionally has been a problem for for Los Angeles, it wasn't an issue on Sunday. Like the the Raiders. John Jones out there and it's like did you know he was playing there was there was nothing happening on the Raiders defensive line yeah. now you can argue that the, Ra- the Raiders defensive line is slightly um, ill-equipped to deal with Justin Herbert where the, the Chiefs probably Sorry? The interior of the... Yeah, this is what I'm talking like. Chris Jones is the outlier in the AFC West because he is the guy that brings true pressure from the inside. And it'll be interesting to see how Herbert deals with that. We saw Chris Jones get his hands up and block a pass for (laughs) Kyler Mario on Sunday. Maybe we can see that a couple of times. But what I'm trying to say is that it didn't matter what the Raiders did. Herbert was able was able just to stand there and deliver strikes. Now it wasn't all sunshine and roses for the Chargers' offense because you, with the way we're talking about, it, you would expect that Justin Herbert put forty four points up. He didn't. He put twenty four points up. So it wasn't all sunshine and roses. Yes, they struggled towards the end of the game, but what the Raiders 
didn't manage to do was to get in his face and like force the really bad throws. And unless you can do that to Justin Herbert, he is going to pick you apart. And against the Chiefs, the Chargers will probably be slightly more aggressive. We know that Brandon Staley knows that's what they need to do against the Chiefs. We've seen it already in two games that he's been coached against us. So these situations where they were probably happy to punt against the Raiders, they probably that probably won't happen on Sunday. The play calling might not be as conservative. They might bring Austin Eckler a little bit more. They might throw to him out the, out the flats. They've obviously got the big playability to Mike Williams. So I do expect a, a, a far more aggressive approach from the Chargers than what we saw on Sunday. Yeah. And the Chiefs, I can only hope that Andy Reid is seeing what happened last year against the Chargers and he matches the Chargers blow for blow and goes for an aggressive type of approach. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that all line, it, it, again, the all line for the, uh, for the Chargers was very similar in a way that they've got some newbies on there. Um, I think the, the, the young lad is uh, Zion Johnson, the right guard there had a, a particularly good game. Same with uh, Trey uh, Pipkins on right tackle both handling those edge uh, pretty well. And there was a lot being said about the pass rush for both teams before the game, wasn't there? That this was going to be, you know, it's going to be a, a, a major viewpoint in this game where you've yeah. got two exceptional pass rushing. I mean, Chandler Jones was another one. You know, Chandler Jones and, and um, Max Crosby, um, you know, great, great pass rushers, but they really couldn't get home. And you'd, you I was quite surprised in that actually, because you know there's a lot being said about Chandler Jones being one of these you know great the ends, um, but yeah, it, they really just couldn't get home. So that's the thing that surprised me a little bit about the the, the Chargers all line. It is pretty darn good, but it wasn't that actually effective in the run game. I didn't think with the uh, with the Chargers. Would you agree with that? Yeah, well, but Austin Eckler only played what forty-seven percent of the snaps. Yeah, which is low for him. And low. I like offensive. Like, let's not get let's not get confused. The Chargers were not on the level offensively that the Chiefs were on Sunday. No, no, they were were not. But I, my 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 worry is is how vanilla they kept it, and my worry is that they were playing safe football on Sunday, which is not something we associate with the Chargers. <laughs> at all and Brandon Staley my worry is safe? I do I do think that I feel like they played it safe and like the Raiders defense is nothing to go to shout no, right. home about is it it's, it's not a good defense I just feel like the the Chargers probably played that game a little bit safer than they normally do and when they come against Kansas City they're just going to unlock everything and they're just going to be this aggressive monster that can put up a number of points breaking news by the way we record Tuesday night, so uh, Tuesday afternoon for Kansas City to release on Wednesday morning. And uh, it's just been announced that Trent McDuffie is on injured reserve now. No. So, so that's at least four games out now for Trent McDuffie. So who comes in? Justin Watson as, as the guy? Not Justin Watson. What's his name? Remember? The, one of the Watsons. Justin Watson's the receiver. It's, it's almost like... <laughs> it's, it's almost like um, the days when we had Daryl and Damien Williams. Do you remember that? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> D Williams everywhere. Oh, God, yeah. Williams everywhere. Oh, yeah. no, that's good. And that's not great news, especially going into a game like this this important, this early in the season as well. And this yeah. McDuffie. Which, I feel uh, sorry for him. Good start to his, good start to the season. Cut short for yeah. now anyway. Let's for hope now. he's back for the Bills game. Yeah, hopefully so. Um, oh, that's terrible news. That thanks for ruining my night, mate. Thanks for that. Um, 
Okay, let's talk about um, the, the charges and uh, what we think is isn't particularly great at the minute. Um, and I, one thing that actually was raised for me, I think, in in watching the game against the Raiders was the linebackers aren't that particularly great. I would I would suggest there where they actually get kind of backed up is is obviously in the safeties. I mean the safeties. They they actually scare me the safeties because Nazir Adderley was actually one of my draft crushes. Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> so I I'm like I'm look, looking at him thinking oh I don't really don't want to play against Adderley. Derwin James is obviously the other safety that uh, they use quite a bit in the um you know in the pass rush as well. Which uh, did he get a sack? I think he got a sack, didn't he? He did. He's like that. He's like that Tyron Matthew, isn't he? Style. He's he's like that Tyron Matthew. Like um yeah, just kind of put him anywhere, and he he's an elite safety. He just can't stay on the field. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I don't know if I do worry about the Chargers linebackers. Look, they've got Tranquil, who made that amazing interception. I don't know if you saw it. The uh, yeah. uh, Derek Carl Carl Van Noy blast from the past. That guy they always used to play well for the um the Patriots. He's there. I I I don't know. Like this this this. This defense of the Chargers looks pretty good. I'm glad JC Jackson probably not playing. That yeah. like that's a plus side. I'm I'm kind of hoping. This is what I'm hoping happens. Mm. Is the Chiefs manage to find a way to overwhelm the Chargers defense by going playmaker to playmaker yeah. and just letting Mahomes. If they can give Mahomes time, which they will be able to do, Trey Smith's going to play. Mm-hmm. Like, don't get me wrong, Khalil Mack versus Andrew Wiley does worry me a little bit. Yeah. But the rest of the offensive line is good enough that they can they can deal with what the charge is going to bring. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're previewing Chiefs Chargers. I know he, he's back now. He's, he's, back. He, he's back now. Let's yeah. get him. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, what you got for us? Well, I mean, how much time do you have? The floor is yours, man. Um, first of all, uh, great talking to you guys. Uh, just an unbelievable game, week one. Um, this matchup is so important, week two. Like, I, I don't, since the last Chiefs Chargers Thursday night game, which was epic at SoFi Stadium, and Travis Kelsey scored the walk-off touchdown in overtime. This is going to be the best Thursday night game since then, and I, I just can't wait for it. It's going to be epic. I was talking to, to somebody about this the other day, just the energy and the juice that you can feel uh, around KC and excitement of, of this game and anticipation of this game. It, it, it kind of reminds me of the AFC title game last year, just the excitement and the energy. And I think it's because you know you have a worthy opponent on the other side, yeah. uh, other side of the field, you know? Herbert... And what he brings to this division, it's something that Chiefs fans understand and respect, in my opinion. Well, let's just let's just look at the numbers, like statistically, just for the quarterbacks, right? It's the first ever Week Two meeting in NFL history where both QBs come in 
after week one, throwing for 300 yards, at least three touchdown passes, no interceptions, and completing 75% of their throws. Mahomes and Herbert are the only quarterbacks in NFL history to throw for at least three touchdown passes in 40% of their career games, minimum 30 games. Herbert 14, Patrick 29. This is only the third game since 1950 where we have two quarterbacks coming into a week two game where they combine to throw at least eight touchdown passes, Mahomes five, Herbert three. And oh, by the way, the winner of that game the last two times, that team went on to play in the Super Bowl. Other than that, there's really nothing on the line for these two quarterbacks. It is it is just amazing. And then, guys, let's just go over, take away week 21, or week 7, 18, or week 17, 2021 season when the Chiefs didn't play anybody at Arrowhead because they'd already clinched the number one seed in, in, in the AFC. Look at the last three times they played competitively when everything was on the line. Uh, September at SoFi in 2020, that amazing throw from Mahomes to Tyreek Hill and Butker kicked a 50-plus yarder to win it. Uh, and, and then the game at Arrowhead last year where the Chiefs uh, drove down the field and turned it over on their first three, di- three drives, all inside scoring position. And Brandon Staley went for it on fourth and 12 uh, down by the goal line to hang on for a 30-20. believe that. 30, Couldn't believe he did that. Right. And, and, and then <laughs> the only reason, because there was a penalty, but I mean, like, it's crazy, right? And then last year, the last game they played, it went to overtime. By the way, I was at that game with my son. It was freaking nuts. And Travis Kelsey scores the overtime game winner. So when everybody played the last three times they were on the field, it was electric. This game could be absolutely off the charts good. Yeah, Trey, it's funny you say that. I was actually at that game last year in SoFi as well. I'm out here in L.A. So, yeah, that was a crazy, crazy game, to say the least. Um, I just want to know, as far as, can you remember a time where you had two quarterbacks of this caliber? Because I've really been thinking about this. At, you know, around the same age, in the same division, like ever? I'm not sure you can say that. Like, I, I'm not sure there's ever been a time. I mean, I guess you could go back to the late 80s when when Phil Sims was still a Giants quarterback and Troy Aikman was just beginning his career with the Cowboys or... Maybe there was a time in the old AFC East. Remember, there were a few years where where Peyton Manning and Tom Brady were in the same division for realignment uh, early in their career. But that's about it. Like the AFC West quarterbacks situation is as good as it gets right now. Like uh, I, I get it that Russell and uh, and the Broncos bleep the bed uh, Monday night in, in game management situations, but he still threw for three hundred forty yards and. Uh, poor Derek Carr, like he's a really good quarterback. He just might be the worst quarterback in this division, which doesn't mean he's a bad quarterback. It just means everybody else in the AFC West is freaking crazy good. Yeah, he's still like a borderline top 10 quarterback. Exactly, exactly. I was looking around at all the preseason predictions, right? AFC, you have some version of Chiefs, Chargers, Chargers, Chiefs, whether that team is the, the AFC West champion or the wild card, whatever. Everybody's got their own flavor. Uh, is this one the definer here? Is it a must-win, quote-unquote, or is it too early to be a must-win between Chiefs and Chargers on Thursday Night Football? Well, you know, the, the, the Chiefs started out 1-2 and two and then 3-4 and four last year, so and then they, they righted the ship. Um, look, I don't I, – I, I guess the way I approach this is that I think Herbert's really good. Don't get me wrong. But I think Patrick Mahomes – 
is about to go scorched earth on the league this year. He heard everything. You know, he heard, oh, Joe Burrow, uh, he's definitely the new hot guy. Uh, you know, Justin Herbert, uh, he's got everything you want. You know, you had that uh, anonymous defensive coordinator in Mike Sando's article in The Athletic says when you, know, you take away Mahomes' number one read, he tends to play street ball. Mahomes heard all of that, and he's pissed off. And he showed you in week one. Like when he threw his fourth touchdown pass, I don't know if you guys caught it. He turned over to the sidelines and held four fingers like, I got four. And then just for fun, he added a fifth one. And then they took the fourth quarter off uh, with Mahomes. Um, He heard all of it. And he's an ultimate competitor. And I think he's out there to show you, really? You think Burrow's better? Cool. Honestly? Cool. You, You like Herbert better? Great. Mahomes is so good. I think we take him for granted. Like, just look at what he's done, okay, since he became a full-time starter in 2018. First year as a starter, 50 touchdown passes. Only three people that have done that. The other two are named Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, and they sure as hell didn't do it in their first year as a starter. Took the team to -to back-to-back Super Bowls, winning one. He's got a league MVP, Super Bowl MVP, and oh, by the way, the Chiefs, under his tutelage, have hosted the AFC Championship game for four straight years. No team has ever claimed that. Not the not the Joe Montana Niners of the 80s, the Terry Bradshaw Steelers of the 70s, the Dallas Cowboys of the 90s, or the New England Patriots of the 2000s can make the claim that they've hosted the AFC or a conference championship game for four straight years. He's got all the receipts, and he feels like nobody remembers any of that. That's why I think this is going to be his best year in the NFL. Yeah, and it's crazy you mentioned that because Tracy Wilson actually uh, a tweet that Aaron Ladd has put on the Jumbotron. She said Andy Reid was telling us this weekend that last year was the first time in, NFL, in his NFL career that Mahomes heard negativity about him. He took yeah. it to heart, grinded his offseason, and came out tossing five TDs and winning AFC Offensive Player of the Week. So with that being said uh, – to the Chargers defense for a second. Obviously, we know they got Khalil Mack, and he had three sacks in his debut on Sunday against his former team. Obviously, you got Joey Bosa, Derwin James in the back, and then we're not sure if J.C. Jackson is going to play or not. How do you feel uh, Mahomes and his offense is going to fare against that pass rush, especially, obviously, Bosa and uh, Khalil Mack? Look, as long as they don't turn the ball over, I think the Chiefs' offense will be fine. I mean, that – all their problems last year stem from when they turned the ball over. It was just that simple. So if they don't turn the ball over, they'll be okay. Um, yeah, that pass rush can get to them. There's no question about it. Uh, but the Chiefs' defense, I think, is a lot better this year. You saw, you mentioned, you guys mentioned Carl Loftus. The Carlos Dunlap signing is a really good quality signing. Like this is a guy who's had all kinds of success in his career, and he proved it again in Week One. Um, as long as the Chiefs don't do what they did last year at Arrowhead, like I said, not only did they turn it over three straight drives to start the game, but they turned it over a fourth time. If they take care of the football, I think they win this game. Trey Wingo, very gracious with his time. I got another question here as we preview Chiefs Chargers on Thursday Night Football, Amazon Prime, and locally if you're in Kansas City on KSHB. 41. I see 128 rushing yards for Kansas City in the desert, but going back to the preseason, we've talked a lot on this podcast about wanting a more balanced attack from Kansas City. Trey, am I 
am I out of my mind for wanting to see them line up in an eye formation and get six or seven yards at a time? Is that is that just something that's never going to happen under Andy Reid, how they're currently constructed? Well, you mentioned the two words, Andy Reid, right? Like, let's go back to the 2017 uh, wildcard game where uh, they had the lead. What were that, 17 to nothing, I think, on Tennessee? And then they lose Travis Kelsey, and then they stop handing the ball off to Kareem Hunt. Marcus Mariota throws a touchdown back in the, uh, in the Chiefs' uh, offensive attack. And they had the running backs to do it. Like, the, the three-headed monster, like McKinnon, Pacheco, and obviously Edwards Hilaire. By the way, I was so happy to see McKinnon re-sign. He was so good down the stretch of the season last year in the playoffs when they, when they got him. Andy Reid's going to have to take care of Andy Reid. Like, that, that's the issue. I think the Chiefs are a better team when they commit to running the football a little more. But the the only bugaboo I have on Andy Reid's resume is that sometimes he forgets about the running game. And, you know, I, I think it's better for the Chiefs if he doesn't. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I totally agree. And uh, I just want to shift gears just for a second and go a little big picture here. Obviously, I'm sure you've seen it. Everybody has seen it. The Buffalo Bills are the media darling this year. Yep. Everybody, every, everybody and their mama is picking the Bills to win a Super Bowl. And, Which you know, is understandable. I mean, That's yeah, it's understandable. understandable. I mean, they have the same team, and then you add Von Miller, right? So as far as that goes and the Bills trying to get over the hump with the Chiefs in the playoffs, wh- where do you stand on those two teams? And do you see them as clearly the elite of the elite in the AFC? Or do you think somebody else like the Chargers or the Ravens can sneak in there and get to the AFC championship game as well? Look, all of those things are possible depending on injury and, and everything else. But just based on pure talent, it's the Chiefs and the Bills, and it's not close, right? And, you know, everybody, a lot of people, I actually heard this a lot when I tweeted about, you know, Mahomes and, like, how how well he played. They're like, well, Arizona's defense wasn't very good. Well, first of all, actually, their secondary is great. They have a really good secondary. And they just blitzed him too often, and Mahomes torched them. Like, I think he had a QBR out of 1 to 100 of 99 against the Blitz uh, in that game against Arizona. But here's the deal. If you go back to that divisional playoff game last year, the Buffalo Bills brought into that game the number one overall defense, the number one scoring defense, the number one passing defense, and the number one defense on third down. And in that game, Mahomes threw for 378 yards, three touchdowns, and just for fun ran one in. Like, the Bills do not scare him, which is the, the, the best thing I can say. Josh Allen and the Bills are very, very good. Let's not equivocate that. If it, they went to the Super Bowl, it would not surprise me. But they're going to have to beat the Chiefs in the postseason to do it. And they're 0-2 in that situation. And I don't think that the Chiefs fear the Bills in terms of meeting them in the postseason. Look, if the Bills win the beat the Chiefs in, in, in the postseason, they have earned the right to go to that Super Bowl. There's no question about it. But right now, as it stands, the Chiefs are the obstacle to the Buffalo Bills that they have to overcome. It's not the other way around. It's hard not to see the Chiefs and the Bills as the two best teams in the AFC coming out of week one. We're wrapping up with Trey Wingo here on Chiefs Coast to Coast, Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. This is awesome. Really appreciate the time. But we're not letting you get off out of this (laughs) Twitter space without predicting this game. We got to get it all waxed. We hold people accountable. There was a very, very, very legendary prediction in our very first episode that we won't mention now. But let's get you on whack, man. How do you see this one happening Thursday night at Arrowhead? Well, the, actually, the Chargers have won three of the last four games played at Arrowhead. But again, one of those was the 
end of the 2021 season, or the, excuse me, the 2020 season when the Chiefs didn't play anybody, they didn't need it, the game, so they rested everybody and they lost 38-21. The Chiefs understand the importance of division games. They understand what they did the last time the Chargers came to Arrowhead. If they don't turn the ball over four times, the Chiefs are winning this game, period. Hey, I really appreciate the time, Trey. This is awesome, man. We're going to have to do it again soon. When, when are you in KC next? Um, I actually be in KC a couple of times this year for Caesar Sports. So we'll be there uh, on, on several occasions. We've got a whole truck that we're taking where it's going to be a party, tailgate stuff, all this kind of stuff. But we'll be in Kansas City, uh, I think, two or three times this year. So I'll make sure I let you guys know when we're there. Hey, see you soon. Barbecue on me when you get here, man. Hey, Boom, thank you. Let's go. Thank Arthur you, Bryant. Let's go. <laughs> see you guys. Appreciate it, man. Arguably two of your top guys, your stars, just at times picked it up and, and put their side of the ball on their back. We've talked about Chris Jones. Uh, he is the top guy. And when this when he plays well is when the defense is at its best, right? Like I love Willie Gay. He was great tonight. You know, I love Sneed. He's really good. But but it's Chris Jones. And on the offensive side of the ball, it's Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick Mahomes, like Chris Jones, I think I think uh sort of you alluded to it, just said F it a couple of times and just had to go out and make plays, right? Like that 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 offense wasn't great tonight. But Patrick Mahomes went out there and showed why he, he may be the best player in this game. He he is a probably should be an MVP every year. And we're seeing it more tonight because they weren't going to let Kelsey beat him. And there was protection issues at times. But a couple of times, fellas, Patrick Mahomes, like Chris Jones, just went out there and made plays. And I'm telling you, that first touchdown pass, I, that was the stupidest thing I've seen, Patrick. That's one of the dumbest things I've ever seen Patrick do, and I mean dumbest in the 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 best way possible. I don't even. I am sitting here with my son saying, "All right, got outside, just throw this thing away," and he just saw something I ain't seen, and I'm just like, "You got to be kidding me!" I just got up and stood there with my mouth closed. I couldn't. We were texting back and forth. I I mean, I was like Ricky Bobby. I just couldn't use my hands. I didn't know what the hell. I didn't know what the hell that was in my life. But that was one of the moments where he just put his team on his back and made a play. It, it felt kind of almost like it's different because he didn't go sideline to sideline in reverse course, but it was similar to that 49ers touchdown from his rookie season or his first mm. year as a starter. It, it yeah. had that kind of a vibe where you're like, I, there's maybe three people in the history of the game that make that play, not just like currently eligible to play, but ever that have played the position the way that he did tonight. And you're right. I, I think this was one of those games where it was really defined by like five plays. And sometimes that's what it ends up taking is whether it be some kind of an explosive play offensively or a big play that you make in a big spot defensively. It was the McKinnon touchdown that you just broke down, Ron. It was the throw over the top to Watson, which was mm. incredible. A couple of those plays by Chris Jones, the pick six by Watson, and then that big run at the end by Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Like, you, you add all of that stuff up, it's kind of what defined the game. And the rest of it was just, it, it it came and it went. And as you mentioned at the very beginning, Ron, you said it was probably a C, maybe a B-minus type of a game. I think you could even go below that. Like, if you wanted to give them a C-minus type of an effort tonight, I think that's fine. They just didn't have their best stuff. Like it, it was like a... 
like Zach Grinky in his prime run. Uh, I know, sir, this is going to go over your head, but there were times where he just he didn't have his Zach best stuff. Grinke is. No, I know you know who he is. You don't know what his stuff is, though. Go ahead. He didn't, he didn't have his best stuff. He'd go out there. He'd battle through, and you knew it. Like, from the first inning, there was more traffic than you normally expect, and he would bear down, and he would find a way to get through, like, seven innings, give up one earned run, and he gave you a chance to win in the end. That's what Mahomes was tonight. He didn't have his best stuff. The pass rush was clearly frustrating him. That pass rush from the Chargers is a problem, dude. It pissed him off. He almost just threw a pick out of frustration. (laughs) Derwin James is a problem. And when he's healthy, that dude is a nightmare for opposing offenses because they can use him in so many different ways. And in the end, he just needed to make a couple of them. He he got through without his best stuff, and he found a way to get the Chiefs the win. So – do I after tonight's performance? And I, I do think that Andy Reid was playing it safe because he knows that their offensive line, especially on the right side against a pass rush like this, is a problem. And so they and we saw them putting pressure on Mahomes all night. And so it was just try to get rid of the ball. Let's run it early. Let's play conservative, which is frustrating to see when you have Patrick Mahomes. I understand that. that's why I was frustrated with the offense in the first half. But Clyde Edwards Alaire in back to back weeks. Come on now. Come on now. Has, been heavily involved in the passing game, made plays in the passing game, and looked good while doing it. Broke off an explosive 52-yard run tonight, which longest is the longest rush of his career. Yeah. How, how, many, how, many, how, many, how many rushes did he have over 20 yards, BK? How many rushes did he have over 20 yards? Do I need to backtrack this? No way the Chiefs are picking up Clyde's fifth-year option? No, because, no, 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 We don't have to get that aggressive. I mean, through two games, he looks really, really good. Yeah, like I've been, that's, I think I've been more impressed with Clyde through two weeks than anyone in the offense, I think. We've asked where they're going to – where is the new math going to come from with Tyreek out? And it is clear he in the backfield has been that, right? They, the, the new – they're running it a lot more uh, than they have, and they're using him out of the backfield a lot more. He had the really – he finally looks like the guy from LSU. Yep. Like at LSU, you never – he was so low to the ground, you never got him down on the first tackle. And the first contact, he always bounced off of it. And he's doing that. That that catch he had over the middle where he broke a tackle right at the catch and then runs it down. Like, those are big plays. That's one missed tackle. And, bam, it's another 10, 15 yards. Uh, So he was was really, really, really good. Tonight, you don't have to get that aggressive on that option. Uh, I know my man – my man, listen, I know you didn't want to fumble, but good God almighty, man, come on now. I mean, you just you slowed your, you slowed yourself down about ten miles an hour. Just any, I mean, he may have scored if he was thinking about that. But I mean, I have never. That's Tiki Barber like just holding that thing in. It was like Petey that. from Remember the Titans. He's like, I'm not fumbling here. It was amazing. It was amazing. No, but I mean, yeah, that's where like I said we we wonder where the new math comes from, uh, and and that's it. Extra more use of other tight ends and and that and the and the backs out of the backfield are clearly different things that they're using that they didn't use in the past. I think he's replacing some of that underneath stuff. Like we we've been mm-hmm. asking all offseason, what are they gonna do to replace the targets from from Tyreek Hill? And the answer is like there there is no one individual that is going to replace those targets because they're he did so many different things. And I've seen some of this stuff and I, Listen, man, I'm not trying to get on a soapbox or anything, but from Chiefs fans where they say, like, uh, stuff about Tyreek and how 
he's like overvalued now or all no Tyreek Hill is incredible he's a future hall of famer and we shouldn't be like trying to diminish what he is as a player just because he's no longer a chief that guy's incredible and trying to replace him is really hard because he did things in the red zone he did stuff where it was an RPO and you just attached him as the slant guy and then he's able to go off for 50 yards after the catch he's a deep threat like everything that you needed a wide receiver to do he could do it and it didn't matter if he was small big whatever you're gonna need Clyde Edwards Alaire to take some of that run after catch stuff. You're going to need Jody Fortson to take over some of his role in the red zone. By the way, the throw to Jordy, Jody Fortson tonight. Pat, I know you're not used to having a big target like that. That's got to be up. It's got to be up back corner of the end zone. The way Herbert was throwing the ball to Mike Williams. That's how exactly. every time. What was that? And he'll Good get Lord. there. He'll get there. But like Justin Watson going over the top, you're going to need something from him. You're going to need Juju to take some of those across the middle uh types of routes like it's gonna be a team effort from like five different guys to piece things together of what Tyreek used to do and that's what they wanted all along that had to be the formula and we're starting to see at a very minimum to your point Serta Clyde is capable of doing some of that stuff and prior to this season prior to these two games I didn't know if that was the case he also had some really good reps tonight in pass pro so uh, credit to him. He, he played an awesome game tonight against the Chargers. Of course, BK is going to break down the uh, pass protections. Hey, he's got to uh, do that if he wants to be in there on the third yeah, down. I, know, I, know. I think that's been I the know. biggest thing holding him back yeah, is the pass protections. So, really? Is it? I just thought that it was the lack of well, anything explosive the, that he could do. I thought well, that was maybe that, the main thing. That too. That's, that was so the main going thing. into the season, I was like, he's just not explosive. Like, that's just not a thing he can do in, no, in the I, NFL. I'm not going to let you guys go one more step because because finally you can come up about Clyde. But let me tell you what. <laughs> somebody who has never been one that you would think is tough, somebody who was never one you would think would go and get the gritty yards and the gritty plays, McCole Hardman tonight was tough. He came off the field. I thought he was done. He ran yeah. that one route and, and, and Pat you know, was not going to help him. Got a bad ankle, and Pat's going to throw this thing behind him and make him have to spin all the way around to try to make that catch. He came right off the field. I remember tweeting, uh, Hardman looks like he's done. And then he comes in, and what have you been saying? The reason why, and it's been very fair. Now I'm going to put that out. The reason why McCole Hardman it has to be something that's not a number two receiver is because he would not go in the middle of the field and go get those tough catches in the middle of the field the way that Sammy Watkins would do. And in this game, there was a huge third down and 10, and he comes back in the game after the injury, and he gets in there and is able to create enough space, and he makes a huge catch, and it wasn't a well-thrown ball. It was low. He had to go down and get it. And Lord knows we've seen McCole Hardman drop the ball thrown right to him in a way. And he went down there and made that tough catch, made a couple of other catches as well in this game, tight inside. Uh, that w- that was tough. One for him to come through with the injury and, and, and still come back and play and be effective. Uh, that like that that was big. That was big for McCole Hardman. So it, it, cheers to you, boss. It was huge, <laughs> and he almost dropped one of those passes. It was. It was what are we doing? Here, he, bob- <laughs> he bobbled it and caught it, and I was like, yeah. "Yes, McCole, there you go." But I was like, "Man, that was almost a disaster because <laughs> it's McCole." I do want to say, I think it's a little unfair what some Chiefs fans are doing with McCole because all I see on Twitter all night is. 
man, get McColl out of there, get Sky Moore in there. And listen, I want to see Sky Moore in there as much as anybody. Trust me, I am ready for more of the Sky Moore experience. <laughs> but McCall Hardman did nothing tonight to lose opportunities. He no. was the least of their problems. McCall Hardman was more, more productive than Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who caught two of his seven targets for 13 yards. McCall Hardman was more productive and got more separation tonight than Juju Smith-Schuster, who, Almost, yeah, yeah, he caught all three of his targets. They went for a total of 10 yards, and his longest reception went for four yards. That was a Huge. running back experience for him. So I, I understand that we have a lot of past history with McCall Hardman in this town, and the knocks against him are very fair in my mind. But this was not one of those games where he was a weak link for you. It was quite the opposite. McCall Hardman was a part of why they were still in and, this game, and he made big-time plays for him. And that that third down catch, like I told you guys before we got going here, that was a huge play. That was a huge Massive. play. They absolutely I can't believe he went and to I think, Well, I think in the past, I think, that's, I think that's a play where maybe Mahomes doesn't look at him or McCall just straight-up drops it. Like, he doesn't make the play, and so – Yes, it's a sign of growth from McCall Hardman. I would still like to see Sky Moore a little bit and see what he can do, but McCall Hardman is now a veteran in this offense, and so you expect him to make those plays, whereas in the past he didn't make them. In a game where the Chiefs and Andy Reid and the enemy of the staff went through and said, hey, this is not going to be a game where we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna allow Khalil Mack and Bosa to have chances to rush the passer. They're trying to get everything out quick. Everything like this is a game where you're like, man, we may not have, they may not have dropbacks, you know, or have enough time to be able to get McColl down the field and use his strength in this game. So you wonder how productive he'll be. He found a way to be productive, be productive in a game in which like by the way, the chargers play, by the way, with that, the quick, the conservative game where it looked like they were keeping as many in to protect and not going out on routes. I wonder, is this what it's going to look like in all of these division games? Because all of these teams have, it's either Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory, or it's Chandler Jones and, um, and the kid, what the kid uh, Crosby, Max Crosby and, and this, and you, and they were clear from word go from the jump they were concerned from the jump. They, they ran offense in that way to make sure that they slowed down that pass rush. So we, we may need to start get used to that in these games against these teams. Cause all of these teams put together, put together defenses to try to combat Pat Mahomes and the chiefs. It won't be as qu- quite as big of an issue over the next couple of weeks. You got Indy and Tampa and they've got some good players on the defensive line, but not the way that the, the chargers do. But after that, you got the Raiders, you got the Bills who added Von Miller this offseason. He's going to be a nightmare. They're just going to line him up over Andrew Wiley from start to finish. There's no reason not to. And then you got one of the Bosa's coming in against the 49ers. So uh, those will be three tough ones right before the bye week. And yeah, Ron, it's going to be a problem for the Chiefs. They're going to have to get this thing figured out. And they've got so many tight ends that my guess is when they get Blake Bell back into the mix, because he's the guy that's the blocker, and I know that – like BK brings up Blake Bell as an answer for the problems that are plaguing the offense right now. That's crazy. I, I think he could be a guy that ends up really helping in that regard. Juju is a guy that'll probably have to be kept in. I know on one of their deep shots, I can't remember. It might've been the Justin Watson play. Actually, he was a guy that chipped the defensive end, gave Mahomes just enough time to be able to get that play off. 
that's something that we'll probably see more of over the next few weeks as well.